22-year absence, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions once again. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Seven seconds. They got Benetarian range. I'll tell you, what Tom Brady just did gives me goosebumps. Wide again for Tierney. Tierney's cross. Lucic, top of the circle, Horton, the drive, score! The Bruins knock out Montreal! Welcome back to Boston Sports Extra Podcast, Patriots edition. My name is Anthony Crisante. I am with Zach Bissett and our little uh, podcast whore, Porchy. What's up, guys? <laughs> what's up, Porchy the whore? How are you? What's going on, guys? So we got a lot of talk, a lot to talk about about the Patriots. But one thing that I want to touch on right away today in practice, Brady finally arrived. I don't know if you guys have have caught what's happened in practice today, but it was a rainy day, wet balls, a lot of drops, a lot of miscommunications out there. And um, Brady finally woke his ass up. Got a little, got a little pissed off um, after some eleven-on-eleven drills, and uh, called for the ball and punted it into into the into the uh, into the stands where the fans were. Some kid so, got ball today, huh? So I think uh, I think uh, Brady's finally woken up, and I think that uh, that locker room today is after practice is going to be. It's going to be pretty lively for everybody that says that Brady's been really quiet, all the little naysayers. He hasn't been practicing. He ain't going to be the same person this year. I think uh, I think today's the, the day that he's awake. <laughs> but uh, like the Undertaker. <laughs> so let's get into let's start this off and let's get into last week's preseason game. What did you guys think? Zach, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think at, at the beginning of the game, Colt McCoy was running house on the on the team, and it, it didn't look good. But I, you know, you can't put too much stock in these games. I mean, it's the first game of the preseason. You're 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 trying out guys, you know, with the first squad who have no business being on the squad, all that stuff. Even still, you'd like to see the defense show up a little more. And I think they did in the second half. And then I really think it was the coming out party for the, the sort of the only running back on the roster. No one's talking about, and that's Ralph Webb. And I think after the game, you're, you're hearing much more talk about this kid that he could potentially supplant guys like Jeremy Hill and Mike Gillisley. Uh, he had the better day out of the three of them, arguably. I know, I know uh, Jeremy Hill had a, had a decent game himself, but Ralph Webb got in the end zone twice and converted on two, two point conversions. Uh, and he had it going. So, I mean, he was easily the biggest takeaway from the game that Ralph Webb is here and he's not going, he's not going quietly into the night. He's going to be fighting for a spot on this roster. Orgy? Um, Yeah. I mean, first half, it just kind of looked like they were just there. You know, it wasn't really the typical Patriots game that you come to see, but yet again, you can't really, you, you can't really take too much into it because yes, it's a preseason game. Yes, it's the first preseason game, and yes, it's against a team like the Redskins. It, it, it has very little merit when 
90% of those players probably won't touch the field until the last game of the regular season anyways. But Ralph Webb looked amazing, like Zach just noted on. He, he looked like he was there, and he looked like he was meant to be on this team. But there's just so much depth at running back right now. There's still three more games to figure out who's going to go where and what's exactly going to shake down. You guys talk – obviously, you know, the it was a, a lot of running game this, this time. Do you think that this is a prelude of what's to come this season, that they're going to try to run the ball a little bit more? to take the ball out of – or not to take the ball out of Brady's hands, but to preserve him a little bit in this season? Yeah, it could be. I, You could definitely think that. I think every season they sort of – they go into the season with that intent. You know, you see a lot of running in the first couple of weeks. But when the rubber hits the road and it's time to, you know, score some points, it's the second half and we haven't blown the team out of the water yet. You know, we got a three-point lead. They put the ball in the shotgun hands of Brady – James White split next to him. And a lot of times down the stretch, the only running you see are either shotgun draws or uh, essentially running back screen passes, which you can almost chalk up as a run play with this offense. So I I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they they utilize Sony Michelle if and when he's he's uh, injury-free and ready to go. Um, A guy like Ralph Webb, if he is to make the team, I don't think he's going to be your three-down back or anything like that. I think the idea of a three down back isn't isn't doesn't even apply to this team. I think you could see him on the goal line uh, or in short yardage situations. But I think what? that the team is going to be throwing the ball. They're going to put the hands of they're going to put the ball in the hands of Tom Brady like they've done forever. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Zach. I mean, it, Belichick is a matchup matchup guy. That, yeah. That's just how he's always been. He's not going to go in with a game plan for the entire season, he's going to be like, all right, week one, we got Jacksonville for say, they're going to have a great defense. We're going to go short passes inside slants, stuff like that. And then week two, we got, we got a team like the Browns. So we're just going to have, we're just going to pepper them with Tom Brady's arm until they decide to play defense. You know, it's a week by week type of thing with Bill Belichick. And especially with, with the new defensive coordinator, it's, it's all going to look different, but with the offensive offenses basically stayed the same for, for a while, I, I I don't think we can just go to assume just yet. It's going to be more running and just less passing from Brady. Well, we just have to take it week by week. Yeah, that's a really good point, matchup by matchup. And I'm looking like, when are we playing the Colts this season? Because you know they're going to get a heavy dose of of the rock on the ground. We got them week <laughs> five. Are we bringing back Jonas Gray or <laughs> like Garrett Blunt for that game? Who knows? But I'm just yeah. It, you can when we play the Colts. You can bet your ass we're going to be running the ball. Uh, yeah. There's probably a couple other teams that fall into that category as well. So probably Jackson stand out. So on the defense of the side of the ball, what did uh, what stood out to you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it was an overall decent performance. It's you know with with New England, it's about bending and not breaking. Well, we've been talking about that season after season, and I think the, the first game is to really determine if the defensive guys have their assignments right and their alignments right uh, in, in individual plays, you know, batted balls or good open field tackles aren't nearly as uh, prioritized or heralded as just being in the right place and doing your job and not necessarily showing up on the stat sheet. Um, so for people like us who are, you know, sitting at home watching the game, we see, you know, Keon Crossing make a really nice hit. We, you know, we get all excited for that. But the coaches – 
they're seeing they're seeing well Crossan made the hit, but a guy like Jawan Bentley was in the right place, you know, making sure this guy wasn't open to catch the ball. You know what I mean? So we don't have the trained yeah. eye that the coaches have. You know, we see Crossan making a nice play, meaning oh, check mark for him. He he's a step one step closer to making the team. Whereas the coaches say, oh well, you know, Malcolm Brown really plugged that a gap pretty well. You, you didn't see the ball wasn't over there, but he was where he needed to be. So check mark for him. It's really tough to grade out defense in the preseason, at least from our spectator uh, perspective. Yeah. And I like where you're going with that, Zach. I like how you're just alluding to there's multiple parts of a defense and not just who gets a tackle or who gets a fumble, who gets a pick. Yeah. You got to make sure all your guys are in line to make the play work. If, if some guy's not doing their job, well, then there's a hole in the defense and coaches like that are going to be there like that, you know? And I mean, yeah, week one preseason, they, they looked like a preseason defense, but I mean, I'm just more excited to see what this defense has in store when the actual defense is starting to play, especially during the regular season, because they have a good defense for the regular season. Just preseason is just it's just too hard to tell right now, you know? It'll be interesting to see week one and, you know, after that, or when the, when the season is over and done with and we can look back, do you think that the, the run defense or the pass defense will have a, you know, a better season outcome? What do you guys think? I'm going to say pass defense because he's still got Stephon Gilmore and he's, he's probably one of my favorite quarterbacks on this team. I mean, you got both McCourty twins now that that's just a recipe for disaster for offenses. I mean, they're, they're definitely got to be playing good if they're both in the NFL and Patrick Chung's still there. I mean, there, there's just so many intricacies and so many different people that can just, Slide in for this defense. I'm very excited to see the passing defense on this team. The biggest, in your the, head. <laughs> the biggest thing that stood out to me is that they were still giving up, and I get it, it's preseason, but they were still giving up those big chunks of yards. Mm. That That is obviously for the past several years has been a big deal, and that stood out to me. You know, you can, you can look at the defensive line. It, you can tell a little bit about how the defensive line is working a little bit harder since they brought in that um, that uh, oh, what is he um, Claiborne? You talking Claiborne? No, well they brought in Claiborne, but I'm saying they brought in that one coach, that one. Uh, he's like a um, oh boy, uh, I'm oh, the MMA fighter, huh? The former MMA fighter guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's working with their hands. You can, if you wow. watch, that was one of the things I really watched. You can see even Claiborne, he's, he's, he, uh, you could tell with his hands and everything how he, he out, outbeat his defenders and everything in this game. So that's going to be interesting to see. But, uh, I think that the, I think that the run defense is going to be better this year than the past defense if we're going off of one, one preseason game. Yeah, I mean they they both feed off of each other, and it's 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 nice to hear that the DNs are getting that that handwork in because you, the defensive end and, and the pressure, the defensive end position and the pressure that they're going to get on the quarterback is really going to dictate how this defense is viewed overall. I mean, the run defense, I I, I certainly think is going to be there, um, and the pass defense is only as good as the pass pressure that they create. So to hear that, you know, Adrian Claiborne is is getting in that work. Uh, with his hands and Trey Flowers and Derek Rivers and 
Dietrich Wise are all having pretty 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 decent camps and they, they've been looking all right. It's good to hear because you know the secondary you can have you can have the best four guys in football sitting back there, but if you're getting no no pressure on the quarterback, you're screwed. I mean you're you're a sitting duck. And the other thing is if you look at the schedule of the season, we're not playing too many marquee quarterbacks. I mean we do have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and we do have Big Ben and the Steelers this season. But, I mean, the AFC East obviously doesn't really support any quarterback that's that decent. Uh, we got we have um, week three, we got Matt Stafford, if you want to put him up there. But there really aren't – I mean, the Colts, is Andrew Luck going to be decent? The Chiefs, is Pat Mahomes going to be a serviceable starter? The, the Bears, you know, it, it's these, these are all teams with question marks at quarterback. So I think if – if we can get even decent pass pressure on these quarterbacks, I think I, I think we could overall have a very much improved defense this season. Well, you don't think that the Jets with Donald is going to go to the Super Bowl? I mean, they're talking of like he's he, he's already taken over Joe Namath's place already. Hey, I'll, I'll I'll tell you, living in this, it's, it's living been in this, one game. Uh, I know, season game. Oh, the, the Jets need a miracle. Oh, they think they have their miracle. I mean, I, I listen to the the radio. Quite, I'm in New Jersey, and I hear this talk on 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 ESPN down here quite a bit. It's the, these fans are jacked up, and all I'm hearing from people who are actually informed is Darn looks great, but Bridgewater is going to start the season. Yeah. We'll see. You know, we'll see about the Jets. The Dolphins got nothing. They they've got nothing to work with over there. The whole AFC East is a dumpster fire. Yeah, it's been just that throw, way. Just throw all three teams in the same dumpster. Yep. For years but, uh, and years. So let's move on. Zach, you want to talk – you had somebody you wanted to talk about that's been standing out to you. Yeah, it, we, we talked Ralph Webb, and I think that was everybody's big, uh, you know, big name to talk about from the first game. But I want to give a little praise to this, this kid, Devin Lucian. And he's been, a, he's been in and out of a Patriots uniform for a few seasons now, and it's, it's, it, start, it, it might be time to wonder, can he make this team? I mean – we drafted him out of Arizona State as a seventh-round pick in 2016. He didn't make the team that season. He was cut as one of the last cuts of the roster. Uh, but we did keep him on the practice squad. He spent the entire, his entire rookie season on the squad, and that was, of course, the season we beat Atlanta in the Super Bowl. So we had a pretty decent cast of receivers at that time, including fellow rookie Malcolm Mitchell. So he didn't really make the – he didn't see the field too much in 2016. In February of 2017 – he signed a futures contract with the Pats. And then on September 2nd, he was placed on IR and subsequently released a few days later, he was injured. Uh, and then from September 12th of 2017 to May of 2018, he bounced around on practice squads of the Colts, Chiefs, Texans, and Bucks. Um, and then he finally signed back with the Patriots less than a month ago. And I'll tell you, in this past, in this game last week, he looked good. He was the best receiver out there. Four catches, 71 yards. He had a 25-yard catch and including two major catches uh, in which he was wide open on that drive before halftime where Goskowski gave us a, a three-pointer. Uh, he was the most impressive wide receiver on the field for the Pats, and you could argue for both teams. And it, it's interesting to think about a guy like him because he knows the system well. And he always looks good in camping in the preseason. So, how did, I mean, did you guys have any thoughts on, on Devin Lucy? Do you think he's even worth talking about or, or what? What do you think? Well, I mean, he does know the playbook well from reported, well, repeated history of on and off. Um, so it does, it should give him a good chance to at least make, at least 
be on the team. He, he's he's had plenty of chances. I feel like he's more deserving. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he suffered a lot. Like, if I was trying to be a pro-wide receiver in NFL and I kept getting cut by the same team that keeps signing me, you know, that that's just a lot of heartfelt, I think. But, hell, give the guy a shot. If he has what it takes, give the guy a shot. Especially, you know, with the way – the wide receiver core this season is looking a little bit precarious. Uh, it's wide open, and he's the he's the standout in the preseason game. And we bring him back less than a month ago to get another shot at this. And you look at the crew that they're trotting out there on the field right now. Eric Decker hasn't been turning too many heads in practice. Uh, uh, Paul Turner is that even his first name? Paul. Uh, he's nothing to write home about. We got Braxton Berrios, who of course I love, but I think half of New England Nation is favoring Riley McCarron. Julian Adam is going to make the team, but there's a spot open for the first four weeks. Philip Dorsett, everyone likes to make the team, but again, he he's he's nothing to write home about. I mean, he's he's an average to below average wide receiver who may just be a system fit with this team. You got Hogan and Slater and Kenny Britt, who he could or could not make the team, and then you got Cordero Patterson who's going to make the team. So there's there's some open potential for a guy like Devin and. The fact that New England just keeps bringing him back in here and keeps giving him another look signifies to me that this may actually be his chance to make the team and make an immediate impact. I mean, there's got to be something they love about this kid that either we we've just you've just hit on or something that we can't see. Right. They, 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 if they want to keep taking a chance and keep signing him to contracts and keep giving him opportunities, there's got to be something that fits with this team. Well. Belichick came out earlier this week and said that he wanted to keep him last year when they let him go with the injury settlement. But because of the rules, you have to wait six weeks to be able to resign them. There was no way that they were going to be able to resign him. That's why he ended up getting picked up at other places and bounced around. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes sense. And it's, it's an unfortunate situation for him, but I mean, this goes back to, you know, what I was saying about us watching on, on, on television, you know, he's making the catches and he's doing everything right, but the coaches know him much more intimately and personally, and they spend time with him off the practice field. You know, they're seeing him in the weight room and they're seeing him in the team meetings and they have a much better understanding of his work ethic and fit for this team than we could ever have. So it's only speculation, but I'm, I'm pulling for the guy. I think he deserves a shot. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I think that he'll end up making. I think he'll make the squad this year. Wow. Um, one little injury note from today's practice is that Edelman got tangled up and was seen limping off off the field with his, and it was his right knee. That's the bad knee. Yep. Uh oh. So he did. He did try to finish the last um, two plays on and and the eleven on eleven but wasn't going full strength and was seen limping afterwards. He did sign some autographs, but who knows? You don't, you don't want to see this, you know. No. You hate to see these injuries. And, and it's also it, – there's it's not a good sign when you, when it's a knee because you can limp around and finish off practice on pure adrenaline, but, you know, you go in for the x-ray and you could have, you could have something torn in there and you could just – you wouldn't even know it at that exact moment. You never know. That's I look at it like – I look at it like this. Why is he even on the field? Mm. He suspended the first four games. Let him do his own thing elsewhere. He knows playbook or whatever. He's a grinder. He'll be able to jump right back into it. 
within a week or two. Yeah, you got to think he's the one insisting that he that he stays on the field. You know, he wants to be there, even if the you know the coaches and clearly the NFL doesn't want him there. You know, he 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 <laughs> he wants to be there with every ounce of everything inside of him. You know, yeah. yeah. Hopefully he's all right. Hopefully it's nothing too too serious. And uh, can't wait to get him back week five. Zach, do you have anything else that you want to hit on? I, I was going to let you hop into it. I know that uh, the the story of Joe Tooney today. Did you guys hear what was going on in the field with Joe Tooney today? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, he uh, he ate something a little little fishy for breakfast because he had a couple of. Uh, I, I believe he threw up three times on the field today, and yet. Did not miss a single starting snap with the uh, with the first team. So that's an old lineman if I ever heard one. Yeah, well, hopefully it was just a walkthrough. Man, <laughs> savage. Yeah, I've seen I, I I've seen some boys out at at, at practices or whatever. It's not that's not a pretty sight. Oh. Out there running and, and everything coming up that they had like three days prior. Oh yeah, I, I remember in my high school ball days, we would just be running a couple laps around the field to start practice, and every day, every day, our biggest guy would throw up around the second leg of the lap, like clockwork. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, yeah, and he was our, uh, he was our big old lineman. So there's something about those guys where they just they eat and throw it up at practice. It's what they do. Yeah. So looking forward to this coming week's preseason game against those Philadelphia Eagles. What do you guys think? Porchy. Uh, that game's still sad to talk about, man. I mean, it's, it, it's, it is what it is. I mean, you can't really change it now. But, I mean, it, it's going to be exciting to see what they have for new guys and up-and-coming people that could potentially make the roster. I mean, they're, they're still projected to be one of the best teams in the NFC and potentially a Super Bowl rematch I've been hearing rumblings about, but – Way too early to assume. Way too early to assume. But not, not a be, shot, man. Keep going. Sorry, I'm just got to say, not a shot on that. But go ahead. I mean, hopefully, I don't want to see them there in the Super Bowl this year either. But, but um, I mean, it'll be nice to see see all the new guys, see the new faces, see if we can see any new trick plays we didn't see earlier. You know, just just stuff like that. I don't know. What do you think, Zach? No, I I mean, it, I think uh, you maybe we'll get to see a little Brady at the beginning. Perhaps, maybe for one series. I don't know about that, but um, yeah, I guess it's, it's pretty cool to get to play them. Uh, I, I, it's going to be a tough one to watch because you know we're just going to be replaying the Super Bowl in our heads the whole time. But on your note about them making another run at the Super Bowl, they have they have Super Bowl hangover written all over them, and I don't see that going away anytime soon. I know Carson Wentz is getting healthy and everything, but that NFC, the NFC in general, is such a stacked, stacked league. And uh, it's a toss-up. You have so many teams. You got the Eagles. You got the Vikings. You got the Saints. Hell, the Giants could be good this season. Are the Cowboys anything? The Packers, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, I, I, it's going to be a long road for them to get back to the Super Bowl. And you got to think last season might have just been, you know, a fluke. The stars were aligned for him. But the AFC is a totally different story. It's New England oh, yeah. conference. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean – for Travis's sake, hopefully the Cowboys make it at least some far this this postseason. But uh, I mean, it, it'd be nice to see them like get swamped out in the first round. That would be amazing to watch. But I mean, regardless, it's gonna be a great Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't put any stock into this game. It, you know, it's it's not a revenge game. It's not you know the the eighth game of the ninth game of the season where you're, you're, both teams are playing full strength or even an opening game Thursday night re, Super Bowl rematch game. It's it's just another game on a schedule. It, it'll be it'll be interesting. I I just to see how the fans interact with one another, and I actually. On Wednesday, I'll be in. I'll be in Philly for the Sox Phillies game, and you're probably going to see a little bit of crossover Patriots and Red Sox fans there as well because they're already in the city. So, yeah, I I know that earlier this season when the the Philly fans came up to Boston for the Red Sox series, they were kind of rubbing it in a little bit. So I fully expect to catch some heat out there at Citizens Bank Park on Wednesday. Mm. So you're gonna wear your Philly shirt. My Philly shirt. So, so you don't get so you don't get attacked. Nope. I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be rocking out with my Rob Gronkowski jersey. I'll probably wear a nice little nice little Red Sox hat, and I will be cheering for the Beantown Red Sox. That's the only way to do it, there, my bro. Yeah, man. Nathan Avaldi on the bump. Let's go. You gotta listen to the earlier podcast. <laughs> you gotta have me on those Red Sox podcasts. I gotta get back in there. Well, have you? We'll try. Yeah, one day. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, I mean, that pretty much updates everybody on the Patriots. And uh, you know, obviously, we're not in full swing yet. Just wanted to put a little something out there for everybody. You guys got uh, anything closing to say? I mean, whore. I mean, Porchy. <laughs> I mean, uh. I'm a huge uh, Boston sports guy, so uh, go Pats on Thursday or whenever we play. Uh, go Sox all day, every day. Celtics, can't wait for that to start up in Bruins. Yeah, hockey. So uh, let's get it, boys. Let's bring some championships home, huh? Prediction, prediction for the game. First passing touchdown for the Patriots this preseason. Danny Etling to Braxton Berrios. Lock it in. You hear it here first. Okay. <laughs> Your man crush is ridiculous. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, uh, well, that's going to close out this episode of Patriots edition of BSC podcast. Uh, as always, you guys can follow us on, on the web at www.bostonsportsextra.com. Uh, you can find us on pretty much any podcast uh, app that you use. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, um, TuneIn, you name it, we're on it. Google Cast, you can find us there under Boston Sports Extra Podcast. Um, you know, again, we appreciate all the listeners, and uh, thank you for supporting us. Give us good reviews, and we'll talk to you soon. Go Pats. See you guys. Go Sox.